Assalamu alaikum friends and welcome to a Muslim Mum podcast. Ramadan Mubarak everyone. How is your Ramadan going? Um, how are you finding the fasts? Um, in the UK it's quite a long one. We kind of start at three in the morning and finish about 8.40 now. So it's a long one and um, alhamdulillah it's it's been okay though, as usual, isn't it? We get into the first couple of days are hard, <clears throat> and then we get into the mood. I think our bodies adjust, and um, yeah. So, inshallah, I hope that Allah makes this Ramadan the fasting easy for you. And uh, but Alhamdulillah, you know, non-Muslims are shocked when they hear we're fasting. But when we have the right intention, we're doing this for Allah. We can do it. Yeah, just keep remembering that it's hard, but Allah knows you're doing this for him and the angels are writing it down for you that's what I keep reminding myself I'm doing this not for this life I'm doing it for the next life of the Akhirah you know we need to be putting things in advance for our Akhirah for the next life and um, not being able to have some food for a few hours okay maybe a lot of hours you know alhamdulillah we it, we can manage it. Just remember, you know, we're all doing this together. There's thousands of us doing this together. And it's such a nice feeling. Don't you find that in Ramadan, things are just nicer? You know, probably because, yes, because the Shaitan all locked up. You know, you get less angry. You, um, you're just a nicer person. I think uh, I, I live in quite... Um, Alhamdulillah, quite a lot of Muslims live in my area. So, you know, I definitely feel the atmosphere is nicer. It's much quieter as well, actually. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Alhamdulillah, I really pray that your Ramadan and your fast are going well and may, you know, you receive all the barakah possible that this month can, can bless you be blessed with, inshallah. So um, what I wanted to talk about in the first part is um, moon sighting. You know, that's a, that's something that come, came up again this year. But part one, I want to talk about moon sighting and the beginning of Ramadan. Um, second part, inshallah, there's a lovely hadith that I, that had a massive effect on me when I was a teenager, roughly when I was 18. And I revisited it recently because I've started to keep a Hadith journal. And um, so, yeah, I want to talk about that. And then in the final part, I want to talk to you about a show that I've started watching. No, it's not a trashy um, show because I've stopped watching trashy shows. Um, it's a show about Muslims. And some of you may know about it. It's called Ertegul. And I'm just going to tell you why you must watch this show. Um, okay, so that's what the third part will be about. I'd like to narrate the hadith about moon sighting. Um, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Fast at its sighting and terminate the fast at its sighting. And if it is hidden or cloudy, i.e. the moon, if it's hidden or if the weather is cloudy, complete the counting of Sheban as 30 days. And that's um, in book uh, Hadith Book of Bukhari and Muslim. Now, 
the hadith is very clear. You know, at the time of the Prophet a person, a Muslim, a Muslim would, the Prophet would ask if a Muslim had seen the moon, and if it had been seen, they would begin fasting. And as the hadith says, but if it's the if the sighting is hidden, the, or it's cloudy, then they would count the days of Shib, uh, um, the counting of Shaban as 30 days. So um, in Islam, it's actually super simple. Like many things in Islam, um, the rules and uh, the laws there, it makes our life very easy. There's no reason for any arguments. There's no reason for... Um, that. It, Islam doesn't create any problems for us. Let's make that completely clear. And um, so, but what we've got now, as you know, you know, people will do it on different days. And what I just want to talk about is um, the reasons why people do Ramadan on different days. And this is something, you know, um, if we look at Christmas, for example, Christmas is always on the same day. And sometimes people look at that and non-Muslims will say to us, or, or think that, oh, why, you Muslims, you argue and you can't get things, um, why can't you just be like us? Or even Muslims will think, why can't we just set a date? Or, you know, you have the uh, uh, the number of silly discussions I've heard, and I've heard a lot. But just if it's, um, as a point, Christmas, uh, the day of the birth of Isa alayhi salam, um, they don't even know it was that day. It was just a date that was picked. It's actually based on some pre, uh, pre-Christian celebration that used to happen. You can research it. So that, they had set their date not based on anything Isa alayhi salam said. So that's just clear. But as Muslims, we need to make sure that when we um, do anything, you know, especially something as important as the start of Ramadan, it has to be based on Quran and Sunnah. It can't be for, you know, for any other reason. So now if we look at, okay, why do people um, begin fasting on particular days? So what I have noticed in my experience is people just... Um, it's easier to just follow others and not think. That's become, uh, you know, like the default I've, I've noticed, especially as people get older. So, for example, if um, what when you're young and even when even you know twenty thirty, you just do Ramadan when your parents tell you to. That's you know my pet. You know, um, dad says it's Ramadan tomorrow. Um, and you think, yep, yeah, okay, we're going to just do Ramadan tomorrow. No thinking on our part, no research of Hadith or looking into what is did the Prophet ﷺ actually say. And now parents, they just follow the local mosque. Whatever the imam said, you know, that's our local mosque. That's the mosque that we gave money to to help build it. And that's where we you, we sent the kids to read, uh, learn to read Quran. So that's what we're going to follow. Now the mosque... Um, some mosques, not all mosques, by the way, they will just follow the country that the majority are from. So if the mosque is, we all know this, there'll be Pakistani mosques, there's Bengali mosques, there's the Gujarati mosque, um, et cetera, et cetera. They'll just think, okay, wherever, if it was um, moon was sighted in Pakistan, that's when we're going to start. Yeah, okay. Um, now, 
the question is, if we now, all right, so the countries, now one country, right, so for example, Pakistan will say, I'm, we're only going to start um, fasting. And this is, I'm talking about the government, not all the individuals in the country. The government and show, you know, kind of people in charge. They'll say, yeah, moon was sighted in Pakistan, and that's when we're going to fast. And we're not going to start it when it was sighted in Saudi, because Saudi don't do it, listen to us, when we say we've seen it. Okay, so they're, they're the reasons that people end up doing it in different days. Now, let's go back to Quran and Sunnah, because that's what we should do. Um, the Prophet ﷺ, he did not ask um, in the Hadith when, you know, uh, he asked, did the, was the moon sighted? He didn't say to ﷺ, he didn't say, did you see it in Makkah? Where, he didn't say to the Muslim, where are you from? Are you from Makkah? Are you from Medina? you know, then I'm going to listen to you. No, he didn't. Because as we all know, um, the country or place you are from is not important in Islam. Yeah. So Pakistani is not better than a um, Arab, vice versa. Yeah. So we don't have this in Islam. We have it as a reality now, but that's because of colonialism. And, you know, as you know, and when our countries were occupied, you know, all these countries, we're all Muslim, we're, we are one ummah, yeah, that's that is the main idea that we follow. Um, so to then start arguing that oh, it wasn't seen in my country, so therefore I'm not going to accept it. That's not Islamic. We all know that, don't we? Um, you know, we didn't have a choice which country our parents came from. You know, our parents didn't choose where they were born. What you do have a choice in is whether you're a Muslim or not, and then whether you choose to follow Islam and you follow you submit to Allah and you follow the Prophet that's what we have a choice in. So what I'm saying is, as Muslims, let's make that choice intelligently, yeah, that I'm going to, there's, there is no reason for the arguments, but um, the arguments will continue because we have our different countries, but things change um, when people change. So us as Muslim mums, we can make a change. First, by make it, and the change here is not to um, have arguments with people, but to think, okay, I'm going to, I know what the hadith, you know, when it comes to anything, when it comes to Ramadan, or when it comes to, you know, a similar, I see a similar um, issue with um, um, interest, for example. That's a really clear, um, something that's not allowed. It's haram. We all know. People take it. We know that as well. And it makes our life easier to take it just like it's easier to follow um other the our parents or the mosque or the country that we're from when it comes to Ramadan but when we bother to research is um what does Allah say about interest it's actually super clear it's haram we shouldn't take it it causes so many problems and we can see when we don't follow um the hadith of the prophet sallallahu regarding the sighting of the moon we see that the problems that happen occur so it's Islam came to help us as people. It gave us such nice, clear, simple rules. We just have to choose to follow it. And we have to choose to use the mind that Allah has given us to research. You know, I'm not saying don't follow, for example, we, we all may follow a school of thought. Um, just don't follow it blindly. We may follow the imam in the mosque, but don't follow him blindly. Make an effort to when people give you uh, an Islamic ruling or when you want to find out something, okay, is this allowed? Is this not? Should I be doing it? That what we should do is 
look up the hadith, look up the ayat and read it and realize, okay, yeah, this is this makes sense. Or if it's not correct, as in the case of, you know, um, interest is a really clear one, we then don't follow it. But, you know, alhamdulillah, let's just make, be the kind of intelligent Muslim and ask Allah to guide us and ask Allah to help us to be like that, inshallah. Are any of you into journaling? I recently, well, no, not so recently. It's been a few, good few months now. I have started to journal. I know it's quite, um, I always thought it was quite an American thing. Um, but basically journaling is where you, you can have a, you know, a daily journal where you, you write down your thoughts. You can have journals for Hadith, journals for Quran. It's just a way to reflect on um, your daily activities, anything that you want to focus on and you write down your thoughts, there's a nice, um, you know, I started doing a three good things journal, where every day you write down three good things in your life, and that helps to develop gratitude. Inshallah, I'll talk about that in more detail another time. But the one I want to focus on today is it's a Hadith journal. Now I got my, it can be any notebook really, but I got my Hadith journal from, um, it was a gift from sister, um, muslimummy.com. She, um, uh, you know, by the way, she does not, uh, there's no affiliates here. She doesn't pay me to promote her stuff, but, um, yeah. And I just started writing Hadith. It's not, and the one that I want to talk about today is, um, the following. So this is narrated by Ibn Abbas. Take benefit of five, your youth before your old age, your health before your sickness, your wealth before your poverty your free time before you are preoccupied and your life before your death. Now, isn't that really cool? Um, I'm going to, so I'm going to go through each one again. So your youth before your old age. Now, um, now I'm in my forties now and I know how much I can do and, you know, whether physically and even mentally, um, there's a massive difference once you reach your forties and I, it's something, this is, I think this is something good to tell your kids that use your energy and youth whilst you still have it. We all know teenagers and kids generally can, they don't value time and, um, and the way they spend it. Um, but your youth is, uh, you know, it's quite interesting that as nowadays you can, we can still be very youthful um, at, you know, at the say, you know, what still, like there was a time when being 40, I thought being 40 was really old. Um, but now, mashallah, people 50, 60, you know, you can still do so much. And it's just a choice we um, we can make. And if we take care of ourselves when we're young, then, you know, our health, the kind of food we're eating, doing exercise, we can then continue to be productive even into our old age. Okay, the next one is, part is your health before your sickness. Now, um, again, we, we don't know when, we, you know, when we can get an illness. You know, I'm thinking diabetes is such a massive problem in the South Asian community anyway. Um, I don't, you know, and just generally actually in the UK, in the population, diabetes is on the rise. But if we 
when we have our health, it means we've got healthy body, healthy mind. We can use that to do so much good. And so let's just think, how am I using that? And then we know, so how, you know, my father passed away of cancer and he was then in bed and he couldn't, you know, Mela give him Jannah. He couldn't do what he, he was such an active person. And um, again, we don't know when something can afflict us. Mela, you know, uh, give us Shifa through our illness. But, you know, it's this Hadith is, a re, you know, really pinpointing things that can, that will happen to many of us. Now, the next one is your wealth before your poverty. Um, now, so many of us I'm, uh, in so-called, you know, developed countries in the West, we are, we are not poor. We, if we have a house, if we have clothes, if we have food, alhamdulillah, if we have a job, you know, uh, we have cars, we've got phones, you know, how many, how many things do we have? We need to think how, but ah, but this is what's interesting. We're made to feel that we don't have enough um, and that we should have more. But alhamdulillah, being content with what we have and then using the resources in our, um, you know, in our possession to, you know, to give to charity and even donating things that we don't need, donating food to food banks. That's something that's really easy for us to do in in the UK and you know in America. Um, now our free time again. I think nowadays I think that's such a big challenge for so many of us because uh, you know because we, we, we know with the gadgets and social media. But using your time to like setting time aside that I'm going to read some Quran. I will read reflect on hadith i will read a book i will you know try to attend and something islamic activity if we start to make an effort to just consciously that i'm gonna you know maybe delete some apps on your phone that's what i've done or um unsubscribe from some you know from channels uh that that's a good way. it's like you're forcing yourself not to have them out of sight out of mind and the final one is your life before your death and that is you know death will come to all of us we are it's like we're programmed not to think about death to, society doesn't want to talk about it because they have no answer that that's that's what it is but we do know what's going to happen uh when we pass away Allah's told us everything it's so clearly written down and what we have to think is um if we passed away tomorrow what would people be saying about us what would our life story be if someone wrote it you know was it a life worth living you know I think that's the name of a book or a film um but you know what I mean it's you have to think did did Allah gave us life and I sometimes think there's a reason Allah gave Allah knows why Allah created me you know it was to worship him and so there's a reason why I'm alive I need to make sure I live you know, a good Islamic life and make a difference. That's what I always think. Um, you know, I've had people close to me pass away. Um, my son, he was 15 and he passed away. Um, it's been coming up to six months now. And Alhamdulillah, what I can say about his life is I'm very proud of the life he led. He, he wasn't, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying this, uh, when his kid, his friends came to see us and they all had good things to say about him. And uh, I think, alhamdulillah, that gives me a lot of comfort.
that he was, you know, a good friend. He helped, he would go to Jumma. He would encourage them to go to Jumma. And I think that's the kind of um, life you want to be remembered that, yeah, I was, I was a good Muslim. And um, so, yeah, alhamdulillah, may Allah make us all reflect on this hadith. It's, I, I really do love this hadith. It had a massive effect on me when I was um, 18. And it, uh, and inshallah, you know, I hope it gives you some things to reflect about as well. May Allah guide us all, inshallah. Have you heard of the show Erdogul? If you haven't, where have you been? Because it's amazing. It's on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix. And um, okay, if you haven't heard about it, I'll give you a quick rundown. It's um, right, the main character, Erdogul, he's based on a um, real person. He is the father of Uthman, or Usman, as some people could say. And Osman was the first leader of the Uthmani um, uh, dynasty or caliphate or um, uh, khilafah um, that was established in Turkey. And, um, they, you know, in English they call them the Ottomans. So he was, he's his dad, that's what it is. So although the, so the, the series is based on real people, <coughs> so there's his wife Halime and his dad was Suleiman Shah but the actual the details of it <coughs> sorry the details of it you know so that happen they're not you know we don't we can't say they're true because really according to records all, all the things that happen in the series we can't say they're true but what we can say is the mum the dad and even some of his alps um the soldiers they are based on real people but okay so um this series is set in um 13th century in roughly the countries surrounding turkey turkish area turkey didn't exist back then and um he's um the son of um it's a tribe and um what you they used to do they were nomadic so they would go to different move to different areas and then what you have at that time, you had the crusaders who they were in charge of land. You had the um, you had the Seljuks, uh, the Seljuk Empire was there. Um, and you had, um, I'm going to be honest, I don't know, all the, I'm not that hot on all the history, but um, when you watch it, you do learn about uh, who was, you know, who were the empires at that time and who was trying to control things. So one of the, um, there's lots of reasons why so many people love this show. And, um, okay, one of them is that the Muslims are the heroes. And if you think of um, how many movies and programs there are that where there are, the Muslims are the baddies, you know, I'm just thinking Iron Man, the first Iron Man, the Muslims were the villains. Think of Back to the Future, the Libyans are coming. They were Muslim. You know, you you. I don't need to list all of them, but here's a show where the Muslims are the heroes, and it just makes you feel really happy to see Muslims being portrayed as the good guys. <coughs> I think, especially for kids, 
if they're watching this, the kind of feel of this is it's very Robin Hood in one way, um, that you've got a small group of Muslims who are fighting against um, the evil people, you know, the bad guys. And sometimes the baddies are Muslims as well. So it's not like it's um, they're painted as being perfect. You know, you've got the, at that time it was the Seljuks who were um, the Islamic government at that time. And it has shows a lot about how people used to be sneaky and scheming and would kill each other for power and for um, to be in control of the government and even control of tribes. <coughs> so the storyline is very interesting. It's got lots of twists and turns. Um, there's a lot of fighting in there. But what's really nice is that the Adhagul um, and his um, tribe, they're fighting for, for justice or for Allah's cause, and they follow the rules of combat, um, and what's another thing that's really nice is there's one character called Ibn al-Arabiya. I think he's based on a real person that he gives guidance to Arthagul and to the other Muslims. And so there's a lot of um, hadith and uh, narrations of the Prophet and stories of the companions. So for children, I think it's really nice. And even for us, that when you're watching these things, you you learn a lot Islamically. Um, what I also like is the way it shows the Muslim family. So um, they're very respectful to their mums and to their parents. And um, it shows, you know, the atmosphere in a home. Um, you know, it does show arguments between brothers, but um, it shows, you know, really realistic family life. Um, but there's also a lot of a very Islamic ethos to the program they, where they rely on Allah, they do dua, um, bad things happen to them, but it shows how do you overcome difficulties. And um, I think globally, I can understand why this program, it doesn't matter, it's in Turkish, but it has subtitles. But people, you know, love this show all over the world. Muslims love it all over the world. And I think the main reason is because you here you have a Muslim character who he's the leader of his tribe, and then he, basically he's calling for Islam. He wants to unite fellow tribes for the sake of Allah and um, we don't have that at the moment that's what we're missing and it really does make Muslims feel proud that look this is what we could achieve and a lot of it is based on you know his actions are based on that this is what the prophet peace be upon him did and that we should follow his example and we should be shouldn't um, compromise when it comes to our belief we shouldn't give in for the sake of wealth and for status and that you should, shouldn't be an oppressor, you shouldn't be a tyrant. And I think all of those Islamic sentiments come through strongly in this program. It's also funny as well. Um, and, um, and yeah, but it's just makes, it's just nice to see a program where the character sets are saying salam, they're saying mashallah, they're doing dua, it has them reading Quran, they're praying their salah together. I know so many mums who've said that their kids love watching this program and it's such a good alternative to the kind of nonsense that they could be watching. So, you know, I would say give it a go. Um, sometimes, some bits I do forward, I'll be honest, where they take a long time to ride. 